Last November, for the first time in two years, founders from all over the world came to Chicago for one reason, to pitch our investors on the comeback season of The Pitch. Uh Pitch number one. For our first episode back, a founder all the way from Barcelona walks into The Pitch Room with a massive vision to help solve one of the most important problems of our time, energy using something that millions of people have just sitting in their garage. The founder, Lewis, is at square one, and he needs venture capitalists to make it all happen. But in the pitch room today, a question arises. Who's to say this first-time founder can actually beat his competition at their own game? I'm Josh Muccio, and you're listening to The Pitch, where real founders pitch real investors for real money. I'm Neil Salas Griffin, Managing Director here at Techstar Chicago, and I'm happy to welcome you all to my city. I'm Elizabeth Yin, and I'm a general partner at Hustle Fund. I'm Charles Hudson, Managing Partner, Precursor Ventures. I'm Jillian Manes, Managing Partner of Structured Capital. I'm Keith Robert Connell II. Most people call me Mac, and if you follow me on Twitter, it's Mac the VC. The pitch for Tether is coming up right after this. Startups. You don't need to settle for a cumbersome banking experience to protect your money. Mercury offers banking and credit cards with effortless experience, giving ambitious companies greater precision, control, and focus without compromising security. Open smarter checking and savings accounts, control spend, optimize cash flow, and close the books in record time. Visit mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances and to help them perform at their highest level. The information provided on this show is not intended to be investment advice and should not be relied upon as such. The investors on today's episode are providing their opinions based on their own assessment of the business presented. Those opinions should not be considered professional investment advice. Hello. Hey, Charles. Louis. Nice to meet you. Nice Nice to meet you. Hey, Louis. Hello. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you guys. All right. So, yeah. Hello. My name is Louis, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Tether. But before I was an entrepreneur, I was actually a renewable energy engineer. And I couldn't think of anything more worthwhile than building renewable energy projects and contributing towards the fight against climate change. Mm. So my job was to design solar panel projects Mm. that would help clients go green, save money on their electricity bill, and sell some power back to the grid. Mm. And my designs always got approved. But about 80% of my projects were never built. And it wasn't because the clients didn't want them. It was because the grid simply couldn't handle the power that we were injecting back from the solar panels. So the solution here would have been to add energy storage, batteries. But batteries are really expensive and oftentimes they kill the economics of the project. And this was super frustrating for me because I was trying to do something that was good for the planet and I was spending all this time and effort building these projects and they were dead on arrival. But what if I told you that there are 130 million potential batteries that are completely suitable for this type of application that are sitting there unused for 95% of the time? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you want to give it a guess? EVs? This is a... Exactly. EVs. Yeah. So a typical car is parked for 95% of the time. So when it comes to an electric vehicle, that's basically just a big battery that happens to have wheels. And with 130 million electric vehicles being sold in Europe alone in the next 10 years, that's 130 million potential batteries that could be used to reinforce the power grid, 
substitute fossil fuel power plants, and allow more renewable energy on the network. But more importantly, they could be used to allow regular, everyday people to actively participate in the green transition while extending the vehicle's battery and getting paid for it. And that's exactly what Tether does. Tether is a cloud-hosted SaaS platform that uses machine learning to intelligently manage the charging and discharging of electric vehicles that are parked all throughout a city. So we are and gearing up... Charging and discharging, so there's a risk that you would draw down. If my EV is plugged in, there's a risk you would draw down. Uh, I'm going to address okay. that yeah. in a second. Yeah. <laughs> I can't drive home. <laughs> right. Range anxiety. I'm no, 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 I, no, no. We've totally thought about that. Right, Don't I worry. figured you yeah. had. So okay. yeah, charging and discharging in the future, the vehicles in the garage it's gonna be like a giant power plant. We're ready to launch our product. We have a commercial agreement with a major EV charging company in Sweden. And so we're raising 1.5 million to get there. So That's I'm fun. curious about Charles's question. Yes. yes. Yeah. If you interrupt the charging, doesn't that affect the vehicle? Uh, not, not really. So the service that we're performing is minimally impacting the vehicle's batteries. At most, we charge or discharge for 15 minutes. The market just works. to balance it back yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. It's just to give yeah. enough time to the grid operator to be able to ramp up other power plants. Is it sort of charger network dependent and is it vehicle dependent? And hardware. And what additional yeah. hardware do yeah. you need? Yeah. So the idea is that we, we don't want to install additional hardware. We are a software company. And what we want to do is connect to the charge point operator's software via an API and basically get the information we need as far as how much battery is available in each one. We aggregate that. And then we coordinate thousands of vehicles to charge or discharge at the same time, according to all of those factors. So you mentioned your first customer being this large power plant or Is it a utility, utility no, in Sweden? Um, yeah, so we're going to start in Sweden. Uh, there's a million reasons why. Sweden's electric vehicle market is 120% year-on-year growth right now. It's at around 40-something percent of all vehicles being sold today are electric. And they're going to have 3 million vehicles sold before 2030. But the way we make money is we participate in existing balancing electrical markets. We're a backup to the grid. And so what we do is we say, look, we have, I don't know, 2,000 vehicles available and standing by. Those vehicles account for 10 megawatts or whatever. And there's a price for that power. So we bid into the market and we get paid for just standing by. So so walk me through though, like how do you get to those customers to pay you for that? So the customer doesn't pay us, the grid pays us. And the key here is that we get paid even if the grid didn't need us during those hours. We like to say we're like the bodyguard of the grid, right? You, you pay for Insurance. a security person who is outside of your business. And if nothing happens, you still pay them, right? So that's the way it works. Are you charging like a SaaS fee of some sort or how, how do you think So about I, I guess you could say the SaaS fee is like the utility grid operator is the one that's paying us continuously to, to have this capacity available. But you're really operating in the spot market, basically. Not the spot it. market, the balancing market. The balancing market. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Right. And so what we do is we go to the owners and we tell them, look, we made, you know, five euros off of your vehicle. Here's one euro back. So you're essentially turning their vehicle into a passive source of revenue. Yeah, that's um, and that's how we incentivize them to, to join the network. We're helping the grid. We're getting money for it. And everyone's happy. So as far as starting in traction, what does the sales process look like for you right now? So actually, if we go through these CPOs, uh, the charge point operators, or the OEMs that don't have the functionality that we're providing but want to have that on their software, 
we can partner with them, we add that to their software, and we get access to thousands of EVs that are already using their software. That way we can expand much more quickly. We have two letters of intent, right? Uh, I mentioned one of them was with a major EV charging company. So um, it's exactly- Here or there? In Sweden. Yeah, the, yeah. that one, okay. Um, non-binding. So it's an LOI. It's, it's an just LOI. an LOI. Yeah. Yes, okay. so we're pre-product, pre-revenue. We're, we're developing mm-hmm. the software. Sure. But basically what that would look like is they already have about 3,000 EVs. And so if we integrate to the software, we already have way more than the minimum to participate. The other LOI is with a battery energy company. in, And basically, we would have a giant stationary battery, and we would have that in parallel with the EVs. So we have you know, the mm-hmm. stationary capacity that doesn't come and go. So when does it get real, and how long does it take to get there? We want to have those two pilots next year. So our goal was quarter two of 2023. That's a little bit ambitious, so maybe it gets pushed back a little bit. But Definitely, our 2023 goals is to have those two pilots deployed and have our first commercial operation. So I'm asking, I guess, is what are the inputs? What are the key milestones between now and Q2 of 2023? Okay, we want to hire a couple of key developers to get the code that we have running right now to pilot stage deploy. We have to get approval from the utility grid to operate in that market. So we've already started the talks there. And then it's just a matter of starting to see how aggressive we can be with the bids and then that's what the pilot projects are for, right? You you see how much money you can make, how aggressive you can be, and then you participate in the market freely. I just want to recognize how plugged in the investors are right now. And for good reason. This is everything VCs want in a pitch. A massive market, a massive problem, and an industry ripe for disruption. But there's one big thing that hasn't come up yet. The competition. Here's Elizabeth. How do you think about the future? Like the Ford F-150 often sells that this idea that, oh, you could charge your house for two days with that. And I don't know if more car manufacturers move in that model, then does that effectively leave you out? No, no, no. It's actually a great thing. So first of all, all manufacturers are going to be V2G. Like any car manufacturer in the future that doesn't have that is going to be at a significant competitive disadvantage compared to the ones that do. But what you mentioned about the Ford F-150, basically what they're doing is they're discharging their battery on their house, right? Yeah. But they're not coordinating that with the grid. They're not actively participating on those markets. Any vehicle that is electric, we can control to participate there. And I think people are going to want this type of service because it allows them to generate revenue passively. I hate to be that VC who's like, well, what if this big company does it? But it almost seems like a natural jump for any of these companies or utility that uh, will make this possible on their end as well. So I don't think so here's here's the tricky part about, you know, participating in this market, right? So in the US, each grid has its own its own laws and its own regulations of how you operate and in, in Europe as well. So if you are a vehicle manufacturer, you would have to have software that knows where the vehicle is and changes the way you bid into the market and the way you operate for every single transmission system operator, distribution system operator. That's a big hassle. What we are doing, like that is our business. So we are gonna know the inside outs of those markets and that's how we, I think, remain competitive. Is there anyone else piloting or doing this in any other country or geo, or is this like a truly novel? Um, I think there's, there's, I mean, there's definitely other competitors. So the difference between us and our competitors is a lot of people are aggregating other sorts of loads. So, for example, heat pumps. Heat pumps, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, you know, 
industrial loads like servers, etc. Mm -hmm. What makes us different is we're targeting these electric vehicles, private electric vehicles, so everyone has their own schedule, right? So there's a scheduling challenge. Mm -hmm. But by doing so, that enables us to get access to this huge market. Where is your company docile? Is it a Delaware C Corp? Is it based in Sweden? Where is your company based? We're registered in Sweden. Martim and I are currently living in Barcelona, developing the code. Mm -hmm. My co-founder is Martim. Uh, Martim is a mechanical engineer. So we both have dual masters in renewable energy engineering. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to have two offices. We're going to have one in Sweden, one in Barcelona. But we're certainly open to the United States. I think it's a huge market. And the reason we're starting in Sweden is because today there's already 40% you know, vehicle penetration. The yeah, US, it seems easier. Yeah. It seems easier. Yeah. It makes sense that Tether is based in Sweden, but when Mac asked if they were a Delaware C-Corp, he was wanting to know if the legal entity of Tether is a U.S.-based business. It's not, yet, but Lewis seems pretty open to that. Here's Elizabeth. What are the terms of this round? Um, so we're, we're actually kind of open to negotiations. So. Have you raised any money to date? Uh, we have a small business angel network that's invested. Um, but that's it. We, we actually, much, uh, what were the terms that they It's a safe in? and uh, it was like 10K, so it wasn't too much. But just oh, but a, what, what did it cap? have a cap on it? No cap. But you're willing to do a safe with a cap? Yeah, yeah. We're willing to do a safe. We're willing to do equity. Elizabeth, do you have any investors in Sweden? Do you have any, any boots on the ground there or...? Uh, we do not. Okay. But um, I guess on along those lines, so here are my thoughts on it. Coincidentally, in 2002, I did a project called Mobile Energy with a very large uh, battery maker in Japan. And essentially, we were exploring this, where the idea of you can take your car, you park it at work, your, your car may be able to help kind of power the building for your work. Basically, they were exploring whether that would be feasible. And the TLDR is when we gave our presentation to the executives at the end, our primary assumption was around what the price of gas would need to be in order for this to actually be reasonable. We told them our number, which today the average price of gas is way higher. But back then, everyone laughed us out of the room because they were like, gas will never get above this. <laughs> it now is way past that. So I am inclined to be very excited about this idea, having spent like an entire quarter on this project. <laughs> I think the things that probably concern me are around the competition. I'm not sure I fully agree that Ford would not venture into this, but mm -hmm. that's a bet I'm willing to make. So I think assuming we can get to terms on valuation, I'm in for 50K. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm on the board of a company called Populous that provides urban, works with cities to basically redefine curb use, help them manage fleets, e-bikes, mm micromobility, everything. And so um, I also think you will end up getting a lot of support from governments yeah. at the state and local level to do this. I think this is super interesting. I'd like to do 25 with one caveat, just around corporate structure. Mm -hmm. As Elizabeth knows, <laughs> as a US investor, when you have non-Delaware C-Corp companies, the end of year Basically, I spend 90% of my time on my audit on the three companies that are not based PFIC. in the United States. PFIC. Yeah, I would also love to make this ask. Like, see if you're open to converting to a U.S. company, that, that would make it yeah. slam dunk. Yeah. yeah. I love Barcelona. It's my probably my favorite city in the world. So keep the development there. It's just mm -hmm. more of a structural thing. Yeah. I don't think... Excuse me. I'm just uh, getting a little bit 
Uh, Dizzy right now. Do you mind if I just? Oh, sit yeah. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Take, oh yeah, okay? yeah. You okay? You okay? Low blood sugar? Okay? Do you want a blood sugar? I think I'm a little bl- low yeah. blood yeah, sugar. Let's get you something. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis is looking a little ghostly sitting on the floor. Thankfully, he didn't actually pass out. We scrambled to get him a chair, Gatorade, candy. I mean, anything to get his blood sugar up. You want an IV drip? <laughs> you. Dude, sign me up for that. You got yes. One yes, like, please. I'll take one of those. those so, are great. so did you fly here from Europe? Yeah, oh, I was wow. in Barcelona two days ago. <laughs> Have a little bit more. Just drink a little bit more. Yeah. Well, thank She's you for coming all the way over here. <laughs> no, it's great to be here, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I confess, um, I don't know if I would be starting my company if it wasn't for the pitch, actually. Um, oh, wow. When I was kind of considering this crazy idea, I was listening to this podcast, listening to you guys asking the questions, and I would be pausing the podcast pretending that it was being, being like the questions were being asked to me so uh, people thought I was crazy but because I was muttering to myself but uh <laughs> well here you are here, here I am are. yeah so um I'm super happy so I think there is something here and I think the utility companies right now are really grappling for so many different solutions I'm going to put 25 in I think it's critical that we're all leaning into this space right now. I think you're all onto something very, very smart. And Mm -hmm. I I love also your demeanor. I love your transparency. I do like the fact that you were so open to making this Delaware Corp so fast, Mm -hmm. which obviously does make it easier. And truthfully, if you didn't, (laughs) I would be struggling (laughs) just a bit. So um, it was worth the trip. Keep drinking. (laughs) So I... um, I have a restriction for one of the two funds that I can invest through. You have to be a U.S.-based company mm-hmm. for my pre-seed fund called Rising Stars through TechStars. But uh, assuming that is something that happens, you can count on a commitment later. Okay. And we can talk through what that looks like. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. How much did you go in for, Charles? Uh, I'm 25. I might end up increasing it later. So you're 25, Elizabeth? 50. Me, 25. You got the 100 yeah, already. Round, rounding up. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. guess I'm in. Pending that Delaware C Court because it's yes. not a Delaware C Court like, I'm not, like I do North America, South America, the UK, and even then that's yeah, kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for your Delaware C Corp, I'm in dollar amount. I'll match Charles. I, I'll match Elizabeth. I'll go with fifty. Okay. <laughs> I'll go with fifty. That was a good change up in one sentence. <laughs> went from twenty five to fifty right there. You almost made the man pass out with all these numbers, y'all. <laughs> fifty. Yeah. Keep I drinking think the Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> so hold on, Lewis. You got. Four investors here that want to do a deal with you. Is it we worth can, talking we can about talk terms? terms? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. two are the big checks. Right. What do you see? This? How do you value it? Your your pre product pre revenue starting in Sweden. If you told me you were doing a note on a four million dollar post money, that's easy. Like I do that all day every day. Mm-hmm. I would, I would be in it for for sure. So we can do this right now for post. For post. post. So that gets you the fundraising momentum. Yes. We will all introduce you to a boatload of people. So you'll have enough like people to close the rest. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get you plugged in, man. Okay. That's a lot. We got you. Okay. Yeah. Three thumbs up. All right. Wonderful. (laughs) Lewis is visibly speechless. So much so he could only communicate with his thumbs. To be clear, it's two thumbs way up. 
Well thank done. You. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. On the take, way out, don't take your fall time. Yeah. yeah, rest up. Yeah, take I'm take feeling much better. That Good. was actually just a ruse to get you guys to... <laughs> 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 That's good. Well done. Uh, well done. On the Delcor, which is super yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, we know yeah. for that. All right, thank thanks so much. Well, thank thank you. you guys. Amazing. Lewis walks out of the room fully charged up on Gatorade and cash. All five investors want a piece of tether for a total of at least $150,000. That was interesting. That's a cool trip to. Yeah, yeah. no joke. Oh, yeah. I love the fact that he came here all the way from Barcelona. That's so I cool. I mean, you talk about hey, man, conviction. Founders can do whatever it takes to get some money. That show was, up. I'm going to do whatever up. it takes. I'm assuming that's like a rarity. Everybody yes. says. Yes. We've had a couple clean sweeps, not that many. I mean, yeah. you all invested, I think, in 30 minutes. Yeah, Less like, than 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Like, why was this such an obvious yes? First of all, there's people in this room who are smarter about this than I am. They were all saying yes, so that made my ears perk up. <laughs> but secondly, we know that there's going to be a proliferation of EV cars. We also know that the proliferation of EV cars is actually going to put a lot of strain on the grid. If you can make the argument that the EV cars actually support it, that actually makes the idea of having all the cars in the U.S. more viable. And if you tell me as somebody who has an EV car, I'm going to save you $25 on your right. electric bill, hey, that makes a big difference. Now, admittedly, I want to dive into the competitors, but if he can make it work in Sweden, even if he doesn't get to the U.S., if he can own the Europe, yeah, great. still a big company. Yeah, I just think also, I I just think about it from a distribution standpoint, I don't believe these charge operators want five different software systems. Yeah. They're going to pick one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he can make it work, he has a chance to be an early winner and lock up a bunch of distribution that will be very difficult, if not impossible, for someone else to come and take away from him. Oh, here's a question. Can yeah. you run your SPV on this for a small allocation? Elizabeth is actually asking me that question. If you remember from episode 101, we're starting our own fund and a syndicate, aka SPV, that lets listeners invest in companies alongside the investors on our show. Can Let's this be that? like your first yeah, investment? Yeah, can this be your first investment? I mean, that's what I want to do, yeah. Okay. So maybe ask him to save you some allocation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If he's doing 500, Maybe we do you can 250, come sit over here and they do, yeah. you do 250 in SPV. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, now we're going to fight each other Actually, for allocation no, I, on this. Never. All the value is going to go. I throw some chairs. I barely have any money. So like, <laughs> That's the kind of stuff my wife would like. Yeah. She, she don't have no money, but <laughs> yeah. she, if she did. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, if we're not investing in this, then shame on us, truthfully. And this is exactly where we should put our bets. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about this. But also, thank you, guys. That just makes me so happy. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Lisa, for seeing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you should do the SPV on this one. Good fun. I agree. Absolutely. Very gratifying. This was the perfect pitch. Lewis had everything going for him. But after the break, will this be the first deal we do out of the pitch fund? Or will something as simple as where the company is based kill the whole deal? If it was the Swedish company, would you still be willing to invest? Coming up, things get complicated. Startups, you don't need to settle for a cumbersome banking experience to protect your money. Mercury offers banking and credit cards with effortless experience, giving ambitious companies greater precision, control, and focus without compromising security. 
open smarter checking and savings accounts, control spend, optimize cash flow, and close the books in record time. Visit mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances and to help them perform at their highest level. Welcome back. A week after the pitch for Tether, Elizabeth and Lewis jumped on their first due diligence call. She asked a bunch of really hard and thoughtful questions about the concerns she had, mostly around the competition. By the end of the call, she was ready to cut a check for $50,000. Okay, well, I think those are all my questions. I've asked you guys a lot of questions. Is there anything I can answer for you? The first thing is probably shows a little bit of my inexperience or naivete, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong. So in the show, one of the discussion points was about the Delaware C-Corp, which I said I was totally open to. So the only thing is, um, I just have to check then what the implications are as far as the investors that we're talking to. I, I know some of the, the VCs and stuff that we're talking to. And so the business angels only invest in Swedish companies. So I just have to see if they would be, you know, what, what are the implications here? I believe in the pitch, you know, you said you were going to invest before the Delaware C company came up. So if it was the Swedish company, would you still be willing to invest? I mean, and I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just trying to see what yeah, we stand, yeah. right? So I'll tell you the complication. The complication is um, something called PFIC. I'm not going to go into the details in the interest of time, but it's like a U.S. government uh, issue. But basically, the U.S. doesn't want people money laundering outside the United States. So... We've invested in a number of foreign entities, but when we do, we have to jump through a lot of hoops. So I think that's like a regulatory thing that we I would need to kind of figure out because we've had a lot of complications with some of our other foreign investments as well. So um, that's my wishy-washy answer of I would need to look into that. If in the case that we cannot do it out of Hustle Fund, I would be happy to write you a $5,000 personal check. But that doesn't move the needle for you, I realize. Right, 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 right. But, but okay, but that's, that's, that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying that we wouldn't open the sequel. I'm just saying, you know, we have to look at the implications and verify with some of the other investors and stuff. After the call, Elizabeth introduced Lewis to a lawyer that could help them make the change to a C-Corp. As for the other investors, Jillian decided that she was out. She realized she didn't know enough about the space to help Tether as much as she'd like. The rest of the investors were still interested, but only if Lewis converted Tether to that Delaware C-Corp. Needless to say, I was eager to see where they landed. A few weeks later, Neil from Techstars Chicago and I hopped on another call with Lewis. Are you guys gonna open up a Delaware C-Corp or what? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the never-ending struggle of our lives. So here's the rundown. We were holding off. We were speaking to a couple of investors in Europe. What we then said was we want to also get into the Techstars program. So Techstars Stockholm, we applied there. We said this is perfect because it seems like Techstars Stockholm, they want you to do a Delaware C Corp and then we can have our cake and eat it too. So we can have the European investors, we can have the American investors. We'll be on Techstars and everyone will be happy. And we'll be happy. However, there is a new thing that's happening oh, no. right now, which complicates things a bit. So Techstars Berlin, they contacted us. And basically, they're doing a program that is a vertical only for companies in the EV space, which is great. And it's in conjunction with an Audi accelerator. Now, here's the 
wrench in the gearbox. This is the only Techstars that we know of where they specifically only want European companies. They don't want a Delaware C Corp. All the other ones, <laughs> all the other ones want, right? And so now it's like, oh God, we were already like, things were lining up and now this this kind of gear in the wrench. Well, one way that might kind of really flush this out is like, what are, what are the, the factors that would go into you deciding to move forward with a Delaware C Corp? Well, for example, part of the reason why our investors want us to open up in the U.S. is because the the amount of effort that they have to do for tax uh, purposes and stuff is much less. But that also is the opposite for us, right? If we now have a multinational company that has to be deal like we're we're a very early stage startup that's going to be in three countries in two continents. That's a lot of things that we don't fully understand, but that's why we have our advisor. And But he's saying, like, look, this is not the easiest. Like, this is not a, a simple open up a company and, and do this. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you guys have to choose what's best for you all. But I think that if you're wanting to raise from a lot of U.S.-based investors, you're going to have better success if you have that Delaware C-Corp set up. It doesn't sound like he wants to. It doesn't sound like it he doesn't. wants to, Josh. Yeah. That's what we're weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, so it's it's not that I don't want to. Like I I want to, right? Like I I'm I Louis Medina. I I want to, right? Like, but at the same time, I have to understand. Like, okay, we are in Europe and operations are in Europe, and the connections that we need right now and the people that we're gonna be operating with are in Europe. So strategic benefit is staying in Europe from how you're thinking about it and framing it. Yeah, because for every door you open, like if we move to the US, we open a lot of doors, but we also close a lot in Europe, right? And so, and I know that in the long term, maybe, you know, like it, it, maybe it's easier to raise money for higher, like for other rounds in the US in the future. But for now, we like, you have to look at the goal that's directly in front of you. And what is the goal directly in front of us right now is start operations. Yeah in Sweden and get some pilots there. So that's, that's basically, you know, uh, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying no. I got you. Okay. All right. Like, it sounds like well, there's a lot riding on Techstars coming through on this. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're on the hook for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the strategy right now is like Techstars. We, we realize it's, it's pretty key. And if we can get in through there, we'll be in a really solid spot. Lewis and his co-founder Martim had a lot riding on Techstars. When I dug in, we found out that they were going to let whatever Techstars they got into determine which path they would take, which I thought was odd. Why would they turn down the fundraising momentum they have right now with investors in the U.S. just on the chance they might get into Techstars? That's when I started to wonder if their inability to just make a decision would make the investors in our show start having second thoughts about investing. We called them again a few weeks later, still no decision. It had been three months since Lewis pitched on our show. It was getting down to the wire. Finally, just three business days ago, Lewis and his co-founder Martim gave us a call. Well, hey guys. Hello, hello. So, have you made a decision? We have made a decision. Can, can, do you have a, a drum roll, like sound effect that you can put in? Uh, we have decided 
that we are going to go do the Delaware C Corp. <gasps> what? Yes. Yes, so, yes. Woo. So tell me, yeah, how did you come to that conclusion? Because I think the last time we spoke, uh, I wasn't sure which way you were going to go. Neither were we. Yeah, um, we were just very confused. We just had to put everything on the table, look at both scenarios. And also there was a lot of confusion in the U.S. side that related to like costs and right. uh, how is it going to work and how do you do that? So after talking yeah. with the lawyer that uh, Elizabeth suggested, she clarified some things and then she made us talk with a CPA, so like a tax specialist. And then he clarified uh, the other end of the things. And then both we just looked again at the scenarios, uh, considered our options, and we, we thought like with the potential that the pitch is going to have and uh, also the connections of the U.S. investors, we just decided that the, it was the best decision. So like, what did it come down to? Was it just it wasn't as complex as you originally feared? Oh, no, it's complex. <laughs> it is complex. Um, but at least okay. we have a clear understanding now of what the steps are, what the cost will be. Like mm. that CPA we talked to, this guy was like, you're going to have to fill out form. This and this form, you guys have more than X percent ownership that's outside of the US. So you're going to have to do this thing and you're going to have to do that thing. And like the cost per entity that you tie from outside the US to the Delaware C Corp is going to be this. And th like blah, 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 blah. Right? Wow. Like. Yeah. So everything was very clear. And without that uncertainty, like, yeah, the costs are, are they're not negligible. Well, would you mind, uh, what is the cost on a yearly basis to be a Delaware C-Corp? Per subsidiary, it's approximately 10K per, per each. It can go up to 10K. Got it. So a month from now, you've got all the funds raised you know, maybe you're in Techstars, maybe you're not. Like, what what does the business look like? What are you guys doing next? Well, we are currently interviewing people for mm -hmm. multiple roles, right? So we have a data scientist role. We have a cloud or backend engineer role that we are interviewing for. And we have a mathematical optimization engineer role. Lewis, you've come a long way from uh, listening to the Pitch podcast and muttering to yourself the responses <laughs> to questions you heard on our show. <laughs> yes. No, I, I've traveled halfway across the world, uh, almost fainted in your studio and <laughs> gave you guys a heart attack and kept the suspense up. And now this is the conclusion. So feels good. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Obviously, I'm excited for this to be the first investment out of the fund. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I let's think. Let's do uh, it. Let's do it. 2023 do it. is the year. Listeners, I've been waiting for a long time to be able to say this on the show. If you are interested in investing in Tether alongside the investors on our show, go to pitch.show slash Tether and fill out the form. You'll be the first to know as soon as that C-Corp exists. And we'll have details on terms, who invested, all that jazz. There, you can also sign up for our brand new newsletter, The Pitch Insider, where you'll learn more about Tether's new job postings and get updates on their progress. Again, that's all at 
pitch.show slash tether. If you guys are listening, the listeners, <laughs> invest. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first episode of our comeback season. For a literal taste of next week's pitch, stay tuned after the credits. The pitch is me, Josh Muccio, Lisa Muccio, Carrie Ann Thomas, Anna Ladd, and Enoch Kim. Special thanks to Kareem Maddox, the only podcast producer, to leave our show to be in the Olympics twice. Love you, Kareem. Music in this episode is from The Muse Maker, Breakmaster Cylinder, Fairing, Jupiter, Imagine Nostalgia, Memory Palace, Anders, and Our Many Stars. Also, this season, we're doing another brand new thing, videos from the pitch room. Follow us on Instagram at The Pitch Show to see what our investors actually look like. The Pitch is made in partnership with the Vox Media Podcast Network. Next week on The Pitch, we're coming after Heinz. I thought we would do something fun this season. If you want, you can taste test next week's pitch with the investors on our show. Do you have ketchup? So you have barbecue at the top, and then you have an Old Bay-style hot sauce oh called our Chesapeake Fire. Hi. The Chesapeake one's good. I really like the sauces. Thank uh, you very much. Which was your favorite? I Actually, I, I maybe the spicy one. The Chesapeake one. I'm a Sweet Baby Ray's guy, and that barbecue sauce right there, I would take that any day. Next week's pitch is fire. If you want to taste the sauce along with our investors, head to pitch.show slash sauce. See you next Wednesday. The Pitch, Inc. and their respective employees and affiliates do not provide investment advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided on this show should not be used as the basis for making investment decisions. Listeners should conduct their own research and consult with their own investment advisors before making any investment decisions.